Hello, and welcome to Pumpkins, a Hubie Halloween podcast, the only unofficial weekly podcast about the 2020 Adam Sandler movie, Hubie Halloween. That's right. Every week, Pumpkins is your in-depth guide to Hubie Dubois, Violet Valentine, and all the Halloween love and residents of Salem, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Gary Suarez. I'm a freelance journalist and culture critic, and I write the hip-hop newsletter, Cabbages, which you can read for free at cabbages.substack.com. I'm joined today by my co-host, Jeffrey Laughlin, a music industry insider, avid photographer, and spooky movie connoisseur. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? Oh, hi, Gary. I'm terrible. Well, what's, um, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? Gary, you made me watch Hubie Halloween. Essentially at gunpoint, I might add. I, I think that's an exaggeration. Well, okay. It's a little, there was no gunpoint, but you were like, do you want to do a podcast, which has been a long time dream of mine about Hubie Halloween, mm -hmm. which is a movie. And you know how much I like movies. Yes. Uh, it's really, it felt like a dream gig. And then I started watching this film and I just didn't laugh for two hours. Well, I, I feel like you're probably exaggerating on that point too. There were Plenty of funny bits in this film. And I think we're going to get Plenty. a lot of coverage. I think we're going to get a lot of coverage of this. I reached out to you as, as I think, a friend who watches a lot of movies. More movies than even I watch. And I think it was going to be a good conversation and a good idea. Admittedly, I had not watched the movie before I proposed this idea to you. Hmm. Uh, also, before I started uh, uh, gathering guests for the show and uh, also talking to potential sponsors. So uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, we're, we're, we're gonna do this. It's gonna be a really exciting program. And we're just, we're just gonna maybe have like a bit of an odd couple sort of thing going on between us, which always works. Everyone loves that's, an odd couple. That means that you subjectively enjoyed the film. Is that what I'm hearing? I did. I enjoyed the movie as a fan of, of Adam Sandler films. I'm not gonna say it's my favorite Adam Sandler film. Um, I'm not going to say it's my favorite Adam Sandler film of the past 10 years, but okay. I, I will say, I will say that uh, I enjoyed it and I found moments to laugh at. And it, we have a duty uh, since we've kind of committed to this to, uh, to see I, this through. I kind of, I really want you to just write down all the times that you laughed at this film. Oh, we'll get to that. I think, I hope you took copious notes because I laughed two times we have one time weeks. it was out of pure abject pain we have weeks ahead of us i okay. promise you, know you what you're right let's not ruin all of my least favorite parts by just listing them here well i know jeffrey you didn't enjoy this but we have two wonderful guests who'll be joining the show a bit later we've got boston rapper michael christmas i know it seems weird having a guy named christmas on a podcast about halloween but bear with us and later, we'll talk with food and drinks writer Reagan Hoffman for our closing segment, Ask a Lady. If you haven't seen the movie, here's a quick synopsis. Hubie Dubois, played by Adam Sandler, is the laughingstock of Salem, America's hometown for wholesome Halloween fun. The misunderstood man-boy lives at home with his mother, works at a supermarket deli counter, and sees himself as the town's protector. On Halloween night, some crazy shit happens, hilarity ensues, and Hubie has to figure out just what the fuck is going on. Jeffrey, are you ready to talk about this movie? I've never been more ready for anything in my life. That's, uh, that's believable. Let's, uh, let's begin. <laughs> I think a great place to start, and there's a lot of entry points with this film, but uh, rather than taking the kind of minute-by-minute -minute approach, which was one of my original ideas uh, to kind of talk about all two hours of this in a minute per episode, uh, I think a good place to start is to talk about the parallels between this movie and the Paul Blart films. The, the Paul Blart films are spectacles. This was not a spectacle, but that's, that's beside the point you're making. The, the Paul Blart films, my theory is, is that Adam Sandler wanted to be Paul Blart. Oh. But somehow ended up passing on the role Kevin James takes it, turns into a blockbuster event. Two movies were made about this, this blundering nincompoop, okay? Uh, and the second thing is, uh, why hire Kevin James to have him just be in a film and not fall down? His number one specialty is to fall down hard. He is 
a Chris Farley-esque fall downer, an incredible fall down artist and zero times. In fact, you could easily just cut him from the film and it would be of no consequence to anyone. I like your theory about, mm. about this, that this is sort of Adam Sandler's way of living out his Paul Blart fantasy. You know, he's I playing, think he tried to out Blart Blart. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's, he's taken on like this, the same kind of wannabe character who clearly desires this role in local law enforcement, which is why he's always bugging Kevin James' character who plays uh, uh, Sergeant Steve Downey and uh, also uh, Kenan Thompson's character. Uh, who uh, has to be the direct line with him for the most part. So Keenan's character, does, does Keenan have a name in the film? He's Sergeant Blake. I would never have remembered anybody's name other than Hubie's specifically because it's the name of the film. Yeah, Hubie Doobie. Yeah, Hubie I mean, Doobie Dubois. Yes. Right? Isn't that, or Hubie Shubie Dubois, is that what it was? Uh, you know what, I'll have to get Is he named it. after a noise being made in a 1950s song? It's entirely possible that he is actually the product of a Marx Brothers routine that became sentient. I will concede that as an option. I don't think it's a concession. I think that this is, that's, if that's true, that's the most clever part of the entire film mm. is the name Hubie Doobie Dubois or whatever I, it was. I mean, the problem is, is it just becomes like, it becomes this issue of if you don't accept that as the prevailing theory, then he's just reusing the voice from the water boy and making it slightly less Cajun. This is the water boy without a plot. That's this whole movie is a water, a plotless water boy. That's, that's a heartless assessment, but fine. I guess it's a heartless film. Gary. Mm. I mean, look, it's not like, I'm not trying to make people feel bad for enjoying it. I just kind of sounds like you are. Okay. Maybe I am. Maybe okay. it really offended me that much. <laughs> maybe I really hated this film. Uh, I, I just don't, can we get into some characters? Can we talk about some characters? We can talk about some characters, absolutely. I mean, let's talk about Kevin James's character. I think Kevin James's character is a great, like an, an alternate universe. You know, when you, when you watch the Marvel, the Marvel movies, you know, they, they start about the multiverse, you know, and I know that upcoming Doctor Strange movie is going to be about that. I, I read a lot about the new Spider-Man movie, about these kind of multiple realities for these different versions of people. Mm. And... Kevin James's character in this movie as, as Sergeant Steve Downey, he seems to me like this kind of alternative reality version of Paul Blart where he actually does join local law enforcement and is still just as unqualified as he was. Uh, I think you're giving a lot of credence to this movie, like thinking about itself too hard, which it did not. Uh, a and B, uh, I think he just played a different character, right? I mean, like... No. All he did was put. A I don't think Kevin James played a different Paul Blart, and and he becomes a better person, like a better cop, a human. You know what I mean? Like, is, is the beard getting getting you stuck? Are you getting hung up on the beard? I might be getting hung up. The beard was truly atrocious. Everything about that character was wildly atrocious. Just a completely pointless character, meant specifically to be a driving force behind. Hubie's development and neither of them at any point do anything that makes you think they've learned at all. Well, I mean, right? I, I don't want to crazy. I don't want to spoil the end because again, there may be some people who are listening who haven't seen the whole movie yet, you know? Um, so I, I don't want to spoil the end for anybody, but like I, there's a redemption arc that does I don't know that you can spoil the end. No, but I, I because mean, the end is exactly like the beginning. Again, I think that there's other than kind of the 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 clever plot twists. I think there's this this redemption arc that sort of carries throughout, and I, I think that's worth kind of concealing for the audience if they haven't seen it yet. Oh no, I don't want to give away the plot points, such as the killer is not killing anything. Okay, well we we don't need to, <laughs> don't need to do any of that. Okay, no, I won't yeah. do that. I won't do that. I won't no. ruin no. I won't ruin the film for those who want to see this masterpiece. No, exactly. Okay, I so would, you you want to talk about? Let's step away because you want to talk about characters, and I think a great yes. character we we can talk about here is Julie Bowen's character, Violet mm. Valentine. His inexplicable love interest. This is where I start to get stuck on this movie. Is what does she see in him? First of all, the parallel, I'm just now noticing the brilliant parallel between Halloween and Valentine. 
It's two holidays mm. that you don't get off of work for. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. This is a thing. This is a really, really annoying thing about Adam Sandler films where he seems to play a five-year-old trapped in a however old he is at the time person who like beautiful women fall over themselves for. And I think it's fair to ask if the character has a disability and what that disability might be and uh, whether or not Julie Bowen's character is encroaching upon that disability a little bit. You know what I mean? I think it's fair, right? I, I think that's a harsh assessment of, of, of small town life. You know, I know you're living in New York city and all, and you've got, you know, you've got your fancy. Apartment. Yeah. Cause you're out in Farmville. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just Farmville, I'm, Queens. Yes, Farmville, Queens. Yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. There, there is. I can see green from my window. Uh, that just sure. might be some. It's a building painted green. I think it's actually pigeon shit. Um, oh, oh. The pigeons well, that's still shit green. on my air conditioner. The, the, I, I think it's it's worth pointing out because you you do that. You did say sort of about how there are some parallels. Have you ever noticed? how the love interests in these kind of Adam Sandler comedy classics, they typically have the letter V in the first and last names of the love interest. Julie Bowen, you know, who's been spending the last decade making a good jillion dollars on Modern Family, was the love interest in Happy Gilmore. Correct. So, and her character in Happy Gilmore was Virginia Bennett. And then in Lil Nicky, Patricia Arquette's character, was Valerie Varon in The Waterboy for as a box character, Vicky Valancourt. Billy Madison, very first. Veronica Vaughn was played by Bridget Wilson. So uh, there's there's sort of this, this, this callback, which I think is worthwhile. So maybe we're meant to understand this attraction as sort of this kind of universal thing within the Happy Madison universe of the films is this sort of attraction to these types of characters where if you have a double V for your name, you are drawn to this lovable man child. Uh, I think it might be a little simpler than that. Maybe oh. I'm just being uh, a dick here, but it could be that they just view every single woman as basically the same in these films, and they're there to service Adam Sandler being considered a hero. They have no real purpose or drive to live other than to make Adam Sandler's life better. The fact that their names are so similar just plays into the theory that people who write these films don't actually consider women as humans. But now, now I, I can be convinced maybe that they're not, if you somehow convince me that Adam Sandler's characters don't have an invisible disability that make them all five. Well, I mean, I'm not a mental health expert, so I can't mm, speak to these things. I do think that we will, over the coming weeks and months of this podcast, address some of these issues about the roles that uh, women play in these movies. I think I just did. I think I just ruined the whole podcast. Well, well, I mean, well, I mean, we'll have women <laughs> on who will talk about this because oh, of course, your sort of mansplaining take is just you know, I get it, I understand, and like, mm. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. But again, it's just two men talking to each other. Like, we need to have that perspective that these movies often- The perspective that have. those characters in the film lack. That's good, I like that. I so don't put words into my <laughs> mouth. Don't put words into my mouth. Okay, I, you know, I'm a little bitter. You know, I remember a time where I dragged the two of us out to see a laugh riot in- Oh, you're gonna bring that Watson. up? You're, I'm sorry, you're gonna bring that up? I am gonna bring it up. I think this whole thing has been vengeance for the fact that I dragged you to a theater to see Holmes and Watson as a, as a gift. A, a gift. gift. A gift. Yeah, I wanted us to have a good time together. I didn't know how much time I had on this earth, Gary. And I wanted us to have a laugh riot. Uh, and I think this whole thing is revenge because you looked at me, bald from cancer, you looked at me, you said, I'll never forgive you. You remember saying that to me, Gary? I, okay, I may have said some things in the heat of the moment, mm. but- Well, I, I, then you have to forgive me for saying a few things myself. But that's I all mean, I'm saying. Clearly our friendship has, has lasted beyond Holmes and Watson. The fact it that- It almost you, didn't though, didn't it? <laughs> that night might've been the end 
Why are we doing this to one another is what, all I'm asking. No, 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 no. I'm not getting into this with you. I'm not going to entertain this because this is just absurd. Holmes and Watson was a piece of fucking garbage. It was uh-huh. perhaps the worst film I've ever seen. No way it was worse than Hubie Halloween. <laughs> oh, my you God. Take that I left. No, 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 no. I left. Let's see Riley has sex with a royal corpse. No. What else do you want, no. sir? That movie was dark, unpleasant, just like sitting next to you in that fucking theater. <laughs> let's, let's get back to the film. I'm sorry that I derailed us, but I, 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 I believe that this is a long con on me. But you're you're a real piece. Maybe of work, that'll be that. wrong. Maybe when this becomes a very popular podcast and I benefit from it, you'll you'll have you'll have your day. Yeah. Once we start getting that sponsorship money, yeah, you're gonna shut up real quick about that. <laughs> real fucking quick. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something else. You want to talk about characters? Okay. I do. Can we can we talk about the uh, the amazing work of June Squibb, who plays Hubie's mom? You mean the one that's wearing a boner donor t-shirt? Yes. You know, she's an Academy Award nominee. There's a whole bunch of those in this movie. Yeah. And each of them has to be completely and utterly debilitated in order to act in this film. I don't mean like they're doing like low work. I mean, like if you're good at stuff, oh, well, let's have Steve Buscemi come into the scene and we'll just fart right in front of his face. Oh, you in want the middle of him fart. actually talking about that. You want to talk no, about we'll, the fart. we'll get back to the fart. Okay. Oh, you've got this like incredible uh, older actress. What we'll do is we'll put a boner donor t-shirt on her. That way, anything she does that's serious in the film will immediately have a lens of trash over it. But why do you want to limit these thespians? And I think thespians is the word to describe people like Steve mm-hmm. Buscemi and June Squibb. Why do you want to limit? Why do aspects? why does Adam Sandler want to limit them? How he dare you? I'm not limited. No. I'm not the one that walked into a scene with a great actor and let off a 15 second fart. No, he's offering range. He's giving them an opportunity to do something that they like. Steve Buscemi gets typecast for these serious roles: Boardwalk Empire, The Sopranos, Thirty Rock. See, that's another example uh, from the SNL universe. They bring these wonderful actors, these thespians, in, and they give them an opportunity to be funny and to make other people laugh. Then they should write jokes. <laughs> There's plenty of jokes in here. What jokes? Farts aren't jokes. A fart joke is a kind of joke. Right, which this wasn't, it was a fart. I wanna talk about the fart joke. I wanna talk about the fart Please, joke. Please, let's talk yeah. about the fart. Okay, so Steve Buscemi, for those who haven't seen it or need a refresher, Steve Buscemi, when he meets Adam Sandler and he meets Hubie- Spoiler alert. Walt, Walt, oh, come on. When, he, when Walter Lambert meets Hubie outside of his house, there is a scene where Hubie lets off a bit of a fart. It's fun. This is not a bit of a fart. This was a, a full-on Mel Brooks showdown fart. It, it wasn't that extreme. It was pretty extreme. But Okay, but Steve Buscemi's character, Walter Lambert, mm. is immediately forgiving. Yeah, that's Immediately true. forgiving and human about it because everybody farts. Mm. And where I think the brilliant- I believe, I believe he made a joke about loosening up some room to eat chili. Yes, it's for the, because of the chili because what he offered mm. him to come over sometime with his mother and enjoy chili. And I thought that was a really nice thing. As new neighbors, it was a very neighborly thing to do. But there's, sure. a, but there's a brilliance to that scene because later when- Hubie starts to suspect there's something off about Walter Lambert and goes into Walter Lambert's house. What's there everywhere, all along the basement? Shit. Just shit everywhere. Wait, there's like human shit on the walls? How did human I miss this? Human shit everywhere in that basement. How did I miss Weird this? turds. Because clearly you haven't been paying attention to this movie. It's possible that my eyes were rolling so hard through the whole film that they got stuck for a while. Or maybe you were a little a little frightened at that scene. Maybe when they were going to the house, maybe you're a little scared. That must have been it. Yeah. It's, you know, that absolutely. I was definitely scared of Hubie Halloween. Sure. A PG-13 movie. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know. Puts a lot of things into the question, but it's just, it's a callback to that moment. Of course he doesn't mind if Hubie 
lets out a little fart. It's natural because here he is taking full-blown coiled shits on the floor of his basement and smearing the walls with it. I, I mean, I'm speechless. First and foremost, we've just spent three minutes describing a fart joke, which has got to be some sort of record. No, it can't be. It I've has to be. It's way longer than that. Yeah, yeah, but not on a podcast. Well, this is my first one. Your first? Wow. Incredible. I know. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's hard for me to, to assign anything to this film uh, because I hated it so much. But I will grant you that him not minding a really long fart could have something to do with him being covered in shit. Yeah. I guess. Like that's that that is I just don't like is that clever or is it or is it two dudes in a room getting wasted and being like oh man we should just like cover the walls and shit man no you know? no it's it's it, because in any dumb comedy the fart is a scene of awkwardness and for embarrassment and for mm. people to kind of gasp and clutch at it their was pearls pretty embarrassing but it's like instead of the whole pearl clutching trope it was a human forgiving moment, which I think we need more of that in life. And this movie has a lot of very human moments, Incredible. you know? And so I think that we, we get to that through this bit and we do mm -hmm. so through the medium of comedy, which I think is just wonderful. I think you're a lost soul. I think we lost you. And I think that anything I can do to save you, you, you have to let me know at this point. Speaking of lost souls, there's another mm. thespian I think we should be talking about with this, and that's Michael Chiklis, who uh, you may know from the uh, critically acclaimed television show The Shield and from yeah, yeah. the less critically acclaimed uh, Fantastic Four movies. He plays Father Dave, and that was a surprise for me. I did not expect uh, to see him in that capacity. What does he do in the film? Like, I don't remember anything mattering that he did. I well, think he was just there. He was well, a no. name to scatter on the wall oh no i don't think that's as the case it at all no he he was there in a pretty important role he's there for ray liotta's we haven't even talked about ray liotta ray liotta's god. mother's funeral i thought it was his dad's funeral i i don't remember actually we don't have his to mom her. yells at him at the end because he makes fun of hubie okay yes i think that's his mom she's never labeled she just no, yells the mother Italian. is there it's the father's it's the father's funeral. father's funeral it's the father's yeah, funeral but i think that just, just speaks to now me. who's not watching huh i just think that speaks to how striking michael chiklis's role in this film is like he just had striking me. he had me from the striking start. like i was a big fan of the show he says like three lines in the whole film but it's wonderful he's there he's he's he, he adds to the tapestry of characters who were just pitted the against the priest Jimmy. in lawnmower man is more important than the priest in this film that's a different podcast and we can talk about that some other time maybe on a bonus episode but there it builds to this kind of iconic moment where he is strung up later like a halloween decoration uh, by his own hand and i think it's just like seeing his own folly the error of his way far too late for his own good of course um, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to talk about he gets his comeuppance in a unique way by trying to play a trick on Hubie because Hubie is so frightened of, you know, all these Halloween things. It's wonderful to just kind of see him get his comeuppance in a way that's, you know, pretty harmless in the long term. You know, he just finds himself dangling upside down. the blood Calling it, his head. calling this comeuppance means that there's been like a building sort of festering wound between the two of them which is never defined nor matters other than like Shikles's character is kind of a jerk, I guess. No, no. But it, everyone in the town, everyone in the town is a jerk. No, except for is, Hubie, Violet, Valentine. Isn't that right? Did I get that right? And the mom. No, like every good David Mamet film, you're just David kind of, Mam, David Mamet. We're going like to call every, this on par with David Mamet. I'm just drawing a parallel. I'm just, just bringing a comparison. They're not in the same. You can't parallel things that aren't the same. Like every good David Mamet film, we're just sort of dropped into a universe. Wow. We're just we're just dropped into a universe, uh -huh. and we're expected to catch up. And, and he's lived in this town his whole life. He's known these people his whole life, pretty much. He went to school with a number of them. So there's history there that we don't see. 
There, there's stuff that's happened that we have not been privy to. And I think that that I think is... That's literally every film in the history of the world. No, no, the no. Characters there's... aren't born and then like do like we don't see their whole life and then they die. Of course, there's things that happen off camera. But like what happens on camera with Chickless is, is brief, fleeting, and pointless. I think if you watch the kind of mammoth stuff like like Oleana, if you watch uh, Heist is another excellent one, if you watch some of those, you're going to get to this point where uh, you're going to see that there's a difference between sort of the expository approach where like you learn everything and you introduce the characters in this very, very rote way versus what I think they do in this movie, which compares to these mammoth films in my view, where just you're just dropped into a universe and expected to catch up. Where does up. Shaquille O'Neal eating a sandwich out of a white lady's mouth fall on the rote spectrum of film work? Where does that where does that fit in? Is that like a what's going on there, Big Cat? Explain Cre away that brilliance. Creative license. Creative, we're giving a creative license to have Shaq eat a sandwich out of a white woman's mouth. Yes. Sick. I'm so excited to introduce our first guest, Michael Christmas. Pitchfork Magazine once called him, and I quote, one of rap's most promising class clouds. His latest <laughs> single is called Nissan Altima, available wherever music is streamed or sold. He's also a huge Adam Sandler fan. Please welcome Michael Christmas to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Settle down. I am great. Thank you uh, for that quote. I forgot about that. I de definitely was a dope uh class clown of hip-hop that's cool with me <laughs> i i understood exactly that point and it was like there's that humor in what you do uh, uh but there's also you know it's not just all jokes that you don't do punchlines. right like, i, like I like to look is. at it in the vein of like comedians just be talking about their life and that it'd be terrible shit happening to them but like, it's hilarious because it's it's just funny like you know what i'm saying we all have stuff that happened to us all the time that we don't like but in the in in relatability terms, we're all just like, that's funny because that happens to me too, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, my whole life. <laughs> and I was obviously, uh, uh, I love the new song. Um, thank you, thank you. You know, it's, it's it it definitely is in line with like what you were doing on What a Weird Day, and uh, which I went back and listened to this week because I was just like excited to talk to you because I don't think we've ever we've ever done an interview before. No, and, I don't uh, think so. You're you're on my list for for uh, whenever you drop your next project, and we should talk about that separate from this conversation. Absolutely. But we're but we're here today because you. We're here today to talk Halloween. about something I had to do that I didn't like that happened to me. You had to watch this movie, which was watch Hubie Halloween <laughs> to be on this podcast. Come on, now. that's where we started. Let's bring it back around. Well, okay, we, we've heard we've heard a lot from you already, Jeff. So let's True. let's talk to Michael. You know, Michael's our guest. Now, my understanding is that you, you've seen this film and you love this film. Yo. Is that, is that right? I do love this film. Hubie's great. Yeah, I love this movie. The, uh, the part where he, he bashed the skeleton on the head with his helmet as soon as he walked <laughs> in the house. In I his own house. Part back like six times okay, he walked in the that house. That easily was like, I, that was the most honest laugh I got out of that film. Is I like yeah. really honestly died. I ran that, that part great. back like four times. I was just thinking about how hard I probably would have laughed if I was Adam Sandler and I did that. Because mm. <laughs> like, he threw that shit so hard it broke the skeletons at all. Like the movie just had a bunch of it was yeah it's a dumb movie but I, it's a hilarious awesome movie Kevin James with the beard and mullet fire yeah the whole everything Shaq being uh the the radio shorty fire like it's just dope I think we needed this movie really bad this Halloween too yeah it's a it's a release you know like I'm not a big I'm not a big like uh, scary movie guy I don't watch a lot of horror films. I'm definitely more into comedy. I don't like to be scared. I like to laugh. And like right. every time Hubie gets terrified, which is really often. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's just, I can't help but laugh at it. Yeah. It's so for me with movies like this, the things I don't like the most is terrible special effects. 
or like dumb like you know what i'm saying i think you could keep it to dialogue and story and it would be still good and funny but like the thing i think my least favorite part of this movie is him dodging things while on his bike i always i thought that was like the one thing that i'm like this is if you cut that out this movie probably would be even a little more serious too but that part just made it so silly. But then it's like, you know, he Did, has were you to... bothered by the fact that he does this? Like he dodges all these crazy things 10 seconds after he can't operate the bicycle and falls straight you, down. On that's kind of the whole thing is like, they're like, he's just like half very talented half. Like, and I guess I get it. The joke is that he's been doing this so long that he can do it all the time. But I think that of, of the things I don't like about the movie, that's the one thing that actually bothers me the rest of the movie is tight i like everything about it i and and also i think i it, it was tough to, uh the accent i'm like yo that had to be hard doing that for a whole movie it's funny i've always thought that was the least funny thing about adam sandler was like the different voices he does but i know there's a lot of people who really like that about him i think he's funniest when he's like pissed at people just the angry, the angry Sandler. Super, super angry Adam Sandler, I think, is the The Bob oh! Barker fight. No, no, no. The, the, that's that's Punch Drunk Love in a nutshell. It's why that is my favorite mm. Adam Sandler movie, because it's it's not presented as a comedy per se, but it is just him doing angry Sandler real, to the extreme. Real quick, don't trip, don't kick me off the meeting. I, I've seen, I'm talking about, I've seen Rain Over Me, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy, uh, uncut gems i've seen all of them i watched punk punch drunk love up until like the scene at his sister's party and i've never seen past that scene and i've put the movie on now like five times i have to say that it's worth getting through obviously i'm a fan of that film but it's worth getting through because if you love sandler when he's angry mm-hmm. it's like the extreme version of that happens throughout this film. It's one of those things where I'm like, the next time I put it on, I'm just going to fast forward to the last thing I remember and watch it from there. Cause I can't watch the beginning of that movie again. It's the only part I know of the film. And I've just seen it so many times and I just fall asleep or lose it completely. Every time I put that movie on there, there's, there are some big payoffs in that film. If you appreciate furious Adam Sandler, I do. I really like a, I, and what's funny is, so I like uh, serious Adam Sandler too, but I, I don't know if, uh, Jeff, do you like Uncut Gems? I do. I okay. do. I, I'm a big fan of everything those guys do. Call me childish. I was very upset, bless you, at the ending of Uncut Gems. It's a very upsetting thing. Like, as a person who's sort of hardened, hardened to that sort of like that reaction where I'd Usually I'm not very surprised. It's not easy to scare me. Yeah. It's not easy to surprise me. I was like, why? Right. What's like, the point of oh, this? It, it, why are you doing this like, to us? In theory, it's a good ending. <laughs> we did all of this I for was that? Devastated. I was like, get the fuck. Yeah. Just turn the movie off. Like, I don't care. I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> like, I might never put I might never I think put that, that they, movie on. They again. make those directors make specific movies that are that i mean that's oh, kind yeah. of what they do it's like you can't watch good time but more no than once no really i could watch good time up. though i could watch good time like eight times that movie's fire Man. it's not as devastating as the two yeah, seconds and also it's just too hectic it's so heavy the whole time it's real heavy i was the closest i feel like i felt to having a heart attack while watching a movie in like sometime i can't remember what the last more crazy thing was maybe insidious the first time or something but otherwise like mm. that that uncut jams the whole movie i'm like i'm gonna have to take a break how many times did you think you were gonna have a heart attack during cubie <laughs> zero zero, zero. Yeah. so it's a market difference and that's why it's a films, great yeah. movie because it didn't try to kill me and you know what it is too is i think watching uncut jams it like simulated what that death would be like. You never see Adam Sandler die like that. And when mm. I, when we saw it, it was so devastating to me at least that when Hubie came out, I'm like, he's still here. I went and followed Adam Sandler on Instagram to make sure he was alive after I watched Uncut Gems. Mind you, I watched Uncut <laughs> Gems. I watched Uncut Amazing. Gems like way after it came out, like damn near two years. Like I watched it when it got on Netflix and I okay. still was like oh this is too much and nobody had ruined it that was the other thing i'm like damn 
all this time I didn't see this movie and nobody ruined this. They ruined everything for me. I, I think it's because everyone who's seen that movie shares in that trauma of that movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody I, was, I, immediately, I immediately went to Twitter to see what people were saying because I'm like, there's no way that I'm the only person that is like this shaken up by the ending of this movie. I think that's the only way that film could have really ended given how much it dialed up the yeah, anxiety that's, that's, minute by minute. That's what I was hearing see, from a lot of people too, is like, like how else would it end if it was supposed to be realistic? Yeah. Like you want to see him win in, in, in the film, in, in a movie thing, but it's like, have you ever seen the movie Funny Games, either the original or the one they did with Naomi Watts? Funny Games, Funny it, Games. Is that they're a, in the house and they like, house gets like yeah. taken over. I've seen it like once, but it's blurry for me. Yeah, but yeah I've seen it. The suspense and the anxiety just gets ramped up, ramped up, ramped up, ramped up. And then the ending is not how you want it to end. The ending, yeah. like with Uncut Gems, it's like, yeah, there's no other way it really could have ended in in if you're being realistic. Right. Like, these people were doomed from the start. Yeah. This character's doomed from the start. But it's it's something where we've all, when we all watch it, whether at home on Netflix or, or if you saw it in the theaters, you felt it in that moment. And I think it's not something you want to spoil on the internet and go, Hey, guess what happened? Yeah. Thank you know? goodness. Cause I, both uh, of those movies, uh, Hubie and uncut both have hall of fame basketball players in them. Jeff, are you trying to get us back on topic here? Well, I mean, like it's a, I, I just want Shaq, to point out the fact that Shaq like, we just spent ranks. like 12, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spent like 12 minutes talking about another film on a Hubie uh, Halloween podcast. Yeah, I mean, because uh, that's how good Hubie Halloween is. This should have been your dream: is that we would go on a tangent. I'm super excited dream. about it, but I do think it's fair to point out. Well, to be clear, I only brought it up as to say that I needed to see this movie to get over Uncut Gems. I see you. Now you know I mean? there was that. Yeah, there was that rumor that went around where I don't remember if it was either he was quoted or people were, or were saying he was or paraphrased something about how if Uncut Gems didn't get nominated for an oscar he was going to make the worst movie of his career and then this is the first thing that came out after that did you think that he was trying to make something bad or do you think he was trying to make something i think this movie was in the works already and he would have put this movie out regardless of the oscar nod so we need to expect that the next film is going to be way worse i think i think so it's just going to be hubie halloween too no, I no, no. The next knew, movie's up. <laughs> I think he knew that this was going to be his next movie after Uncut Gems, regardless of whether this was happening or not. And I think he was just prefacing by saying, I'm going to put the worst movie out. But like, I think if he would have gotten the Oscar nod, he would have put this out and been like, never mind, I'm not putting out the worst movie. And still put this out, and we would have been like, oh, <laughs> whatever he was going to put out was probably going to be way worse. And yeah, But I, this is probably yeah. it. This was probably the plan from the jump. No, that's that's good, especially because how long it takes to make movies. I think that's that's probably the best uh, debunking of that theory that exists, um, because I think with him, you know, it seemed to me more like by, by kind of reteaming with Stephen Brill, who had directed Little Nicky, reteaming with Tim Hurley, he who had done he'd co-written all of those kind of classic Sandler films with right. Billy Madison, Zappy Gilmore's and Big Daddy and all those like reteaming with those guys. It seemed to be he was trying to do fan service. Right. I th- like it's for me that's more of a uh almost like an inside joke like that's like a, oh i'm i'm just gonna tweet this and then whatever happens like i don't think he thought about it that far ahead mm-hmm. i think he was like hubie's gonna be the next movie regardless but you know fucking adam sandler <laughs> you know let me put some suspense to it because this this movie it might be his worst movie still fire okay I want to I want to get into that that the kind of idea of this as sort of this return to that inside joke and kind of the return to form bit by going to these people because there's a lot of things that show up like the first person we see in this movie is Ben Stiller as the Happy Gilmore guy exactly yeah and it's like that was entirely unexpected yeah right from the start well that's that's reminds me of when they had um what's the name the 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 golf instructor and little Nicky at the end right exactly yeah yeah so that makes sense that could have been a director's choice they love to bring to bring folks back for the for these types of things well i feel like if you know adam sandler like for his movies you know he loves to have the same people around him as much as possible like i yeah, then, I, I, yeah. I, I love that we got to see rob snyder i didn't re- i didn't think we were gonna 
for a while watching this movie and then we got to see him and he was the best like him and him and the other dude are the best like two characters in this movie <laughs> it's just crazy yeah, like <laughs> the rob schneider and steve buscemi combo especially when you find out one is a chronic pisser and the other one is shitting everywhere it's just they and that they're roommates at the mental they're institution roommates. we gotta get it yeah priceless. we should get back <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome I don't know why anybody would want them back at the institution if that's what those two people do and they share I think a room. that that's nobody was looking for them yeah. for that exact reason, right? Yeah, they were fine. They probably could have stayed out of the uh, institution for a little while longer. Right. There's there's no question that those people don't they need to be locked up, but people shouldn't have to deal with them. Hey, dark turn at the end with mom. Dark turn at the end with mom. Dark uh, turn we were talking- at the end with mom. I was like, yo, this is no longer a kid's movie. But it's a point to remember that, like, she's she's a she's an Academy Award nominee. Like, she's been in serious movies and right. been, like acclaimed. Like, she was in Nebraska, and like, it's just like it makes sense that she would be that 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 twist. She would be the the villain. I mean, like, if you take any of these sort of kind of comedy movies that play into the comedy horror thing and they try that kind of fake out stuff, like, it made sense that it would be her. Yeah. It, it, but but only really in retrospect. You know, you go back like Jeff, you didn't guess it was going to be her as the bad as the bad guy, so to speak, in this film. Did you? I don't know that I gave it much thought, <laughs> to be honest with you. you. I was like, oh, there's a twist. Cool. You were bamboozled. <laughs> I was so mad. You didn't know what to do with yourself when you found like, out what, what happened. I mean, <laughs> as a bad movie aficionado. I find that I, I laugh at the most inappropriate things at these films. Well, what's your favorite uh, horror comedy? Maybe, maybe the stuff, nineteen eighty five. I've never seen it. What is that? I want to watch that now. It's a wonderful kind of uh, sci-fi horror joint uh, from eighty five that uh, basically people get addicted to a substance that uh, is found in the earth that tastes better than ice cream, but uh, <laughs> they they find that it's it's eating people's brains okay and And is it a comedy or is it just so silly that it's funny so it's kind of a comedy in that like the main character is a huckster he's goofy but he's smart and he's like charming okay Uh, and that guy's funny people in it are funny but the movie itself is uh you know okay see i like movies like that because comedy horror might be my favorite like aside from actually really good movies Comedy horror is probably my favorite genre of film. Like, I just realized that I love watching them. Clue, Idle Hands, Club Dread, movies like that. Club Dread's amazing. Every time. You know what I'm saying? Club Dread. Club Dread is great. A lot of people I know haven't seen it. So, Hubie just. Pina Coladaberg, baby. Hubie's like, so my girl can't watch no horror films, any type of gore, blood, all of that is, but she loves Halloween to death. Like, it's her favorite holiday. So, all this month, I've just been looking for spooky content. That's been like cool to show her. So I imagine if I had a kid, it would be the same thing. So I'm just like, I'm glad this came out because this movie, like when it turns nighttime. Is this a kid's movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thousand percent. I mean, because this is for me, I, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in a different time. I was watching way wilder shit than this as a child. So this was super PG for me. You know, and also this country is so crazy. I'm just like, I assume every kid is way more grown at that point, the way I was when I was a kid and could watch something like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All the crazy shit on TV already, this is hardly the worst thing they'll see <laughs> all year. Yeah. I mean, it's PG-13 right. was the rating. They, they made it? this. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a PG-13. No. <laughs> Did they, yeah. they said, fuck in this movie, when? <laughs> There's no way. It's true. That's crazy. It might have just been for Steve Buscemi's like house shits. That might have been what. True. It what, could be like the. Piss, yeah, it went the, from PG to PG thirteen because of the poop. The pissing yeah. too. Like the first thing we <laughs> oh, see. Oh God! First thing we see in this movie is a uh, dude taking a piss. So <laughs> it could yeah. be stuff and like then that. The, and then like projectile vomit from Adam Sandler on the bike. So like. Also, the girls, the daughters in this movie, those are his real daughters, right? Yeah, those are his kids. Like, it has to be a kid's movie because he puts his own hell. children in one it. One of them looks just like him, and the other one looks just like his wife. Then they're definitely his kids. Well, so we were watching the movie trying to figure it out. Is for that like their... Half the movie, and then we were like, oh, that is definitely his kids. The shorty who plays the reporter, the Harley Quinn reporter, that's... That's his wife. That's his wife, yeah. 
which I found. Okay, that, I so found do that you think that? Do you think that like the way that we might have had to do chores when we were little to like maybe make an allowance? Do you think that these kids had to act in this movie to get their allowance? <laughs> I feel like what this movie was was Adam Sandler going, "Y'all want to make some money." That's a hundred percent what it you was. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we you can nailed it. We can get you some money. You can make some money, but like, yeah. it's time to work. Like, it's time to join the family business. I can't be doing this movie shit for much longer. It's gonna be your turn soon. Yeah, I think it's chores. I think you're like, all right, you gotta. Uh, all right, everybody gotta get up. We got shooting today, and then. You I can feel have like your that that wans twenty five thousand dollars. That wans effect is a real thing. Like, yo, we got all this money and being funny for the last forty years. That's the family business now. Every- Plus, there's like hundred and forty of them. Yeah, exactly. Yo, Damon Wans Jr. is actually very funny too, and he he's looks great. Just like I love, just like his dad. Everything it's he's insane. in is funny to me. I I was watching something about the comedy store off topic. And I saw Damon Wayans in a hat with aviators on. And I was like, if you just throw a five o'clock shadow on his son, that's Damon Wayans Jr. Him. Like that, it's gross yeah. how much they, they look, look exactly alike. the same. But Adam Sandler and his, the one daughter look like that too. Like she could, they could have a fruitful career in acting, but it seems like this was like one of those kind of pushes for it. I kind of saw it less of like the chores bit, which I think is Jeff's negative impression of this movie again. <laughs> creeping through i saw this how dare you no i saw this as kind of as more of the kind of like bringing somebody to the family business and kind of giving them this this equity like with like west side gun recently with his with his album he had his daughter do the artwork for the cover yeah it's like now that's a revenue stream now that's something that's going to exist that is hers right i think by putting your kids in your movies and your productions like it's the same thing it's like they're going to have something that belongs to them or kind of sets them on that path for something that belongs to them. I think they want to do it. I mean, like what kid doesn't want to be in an Adam Sandler movie? Right. It's, it's absolutely like a positive thing. Cause it's like, you know, yo, come work with me. Like, let's do something together, a group project. That'll be fun. Uh, but I could also, I'm sure at some points they were just like, this is ass. I don't want to do this like this anymore. <laughs> like, I want to go to sleep. But I I'm, just I'm imagine as sure soon as the that hard too. as soon as the the cameras went down, they just went straight to their phones and went to the corner. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> done with this. I'm, I'm a superstar, or or maybe they were like the uh, post everything kids. Hmm. Like yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram with my story all day. Like look, hmm. craft services. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> That would no, be I me. Mean, I'd be, I'd yeah. be in craft No, no, no. Helga, Helga makes our meals. I'm not eating craft services. <laughs> right, right. You Adam Sandler's kid. <laughs> the trailer is like they built a house on set for everybody to just live in, so they never had to leave. I'm sorry. I only eat apples from New Zealand. I can't eat this American <laughs> trash. Is this beef? Is this <laughs> is this beef from the USA? No, ja- <laughs> no, no. Absolutely not. Get that shit out of my Japan face. only beef. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm, oh, I didn't know that you guys were serving Wagyu. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, I know. That's great. Like, that's like his kids and grownups is like, I need a Voss water. It was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think I think that there's, there's that benefit there. Um, let's talk a bit about, I think, one of the fundamental things in this film that is challenging to me, even as somebody who enjoyed this film, is what is the deal with that thermos yo it was kind of in a, another obnoxious quality about this film i liked it though because it's like he's like a dumbass indiana jones yeah yeah you know what i'm saying or like he got that okay i that that's good <laughs> i i did I not consider there, him a dumbass indiana jones no, there, like a dumbass there is good. indiana jones no there's a there's a term for dumbass indiana jones and that's inspector gadget yeah, I was good. That's so funny because I was going to say Inspector Gadget next, but I'm like, no, because he doesn't have as much. But I'm like, he has way more than Indiana Jones does, too. <laughs> Indiana Jones just has a whip. True. That's it. And even, and even dumber Inspector Gadget? Is that what we're, we're moving towards? That's what I was leaning towards, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. I think we can come to a consensus like, on that. that he's like not a as less, smart as a less scary, A less scary Haas Delgado from Billy and Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess it's just like, I, I couldn't, th- th- this came up before when you talk about how he was dodging the eggs and things that people mm-hmm. were throwing at him. It's just sort of like, how? Oh, and the flaming bags of shit. Is this, <laughs> about those. Yeah. Is this meant to be? A bike at him or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh. 
That was actually funny as hell. Like, they're trying to hurt him. is it meant to kind of show him as this sort of kind of idiot savant thing where like he even though he has the worst social skills but he has like incredible reflexes and yeah absolutely i feel like this movie is a bunch of adam sandler's childhood movies that he probably liked in one film i feel like this has like elements of like kind of that earnest and those like dumbass heroes that don't know they're saving the day or they know they're saving the day like pink panther with Steve mm. Martin, like stuff like that, where I feel like he just put a bunch of different elements of things he loved about Halloween. Like, I feel like this was like doing a class project for him. Like, let's sit down, mm-hmm. think about all the things we like about Halloween and and figure out a character around that and build it. Because I feel like this was just, it's so playful. It's like, there's no way everything about this wasn't for fun. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good assessment for it because it's just like it does seem like he's drawing these different influences in there, you know, and he's trying to humanize this character rather than just make him pure caricature. And I think yeah. that by showing him as something other than, you know, a complete fuck up is is important to show that there is something there's something, you know, redeeming about him as the character. Right. And on the, on that, the surface level, it's like, you know, you believe in yourself long enough and you realize he was always right. And that's that's more or less what this is. Yeah, and I mean, as we as we kind of get towards the end of the film, it's you you have these people who weren't supporters of his or didn't like him, uh, kind of coming to that realization as well that he's a good guy and that you know there's that's worth uh, seeing past some of yeah. the uh, the things that get to him. I think there's 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 something to be talked about in terms of how we see as viewers him being this genuine guy and somebody who is, you know, likable if you get to know him and can kind of see past, yeah. you know, some of these, these foibles. Uh, but there's this intense desire to dislike him uh, that sh- goes on to this. And I'm wondering, yeah, I have that. I you know, say, I'm wondering, is, <laughs> is that meant to, is that meant to kind of be where, you know, assholes like Jeff who are watching this mm-hmm. film are supposed to relate to? Is it meant to yes. kind of be and, an and audience I'll perception? This. I'll say this. I thought the scene when Maya Rudolph and uh, her husband wanted Tim to... Tim Meadows. Yeah, yeah, Tim Meadows wanted to... My dog, the ladies' man. When they uh, mm-hmm. when they wanted to, like they voluntarily decided to start fucking with Hubie, that was funny. I thought it was funny that everybody just liked fucking with Hubie just because. Like It was just like the level of mischief. Like, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> just being mean for no reason it is dude it was just a real a whole town full of miserable pricks. yeah it's like squidward it's like uh they were like nah. a bunch of squidwards like when that my favorite parts of spongebob are when squidward like does something good in his head and and shits on somebody else because his smugness is so funny every time like he's just so satisfied with himself for being a piece of shit and that's how i felt when they were like now that's kind of turning me on that we want to go fuck up hubie's day but then it's like damn why are y'all doing hubie like it's like he didn't do nothing to nobody so it's like i guess i lean somewhere in the middle where like i like that everybody was shitting on hubie but i like that he got the shit back even harder and become the mayor yeah that's that's right the mayor the mayor of salem the mayor of salem big place like he took over for george wallace who i thought was great yeah how are you gonna like fire george wallace and hire this dude George Wallace made some mistakes. And, you know, when you're a small town politician, you make mistakes. Yo, George Wallace looked like a shiesty politician all the time. Like, he was great for that. <laughs> he has the, he got like him. the big smile, like with the suit. Yeah, he's great. George Wallace is very funny. He's hella funny because he wears that backwards Kangol in real life all day and night. All day long. <laughs> it's, it's wild because it, I, I was in Vegas last year and I was, I, I, I was going to go see him and I didn't get to go. And he has this this picture of him with the backwards Kangol, of course, as his photo <laughs> on on like on billboards, like blazoned everywhere. And then you see him in this movie, and it's like he's like fifty years older than that picture. Yeah, he's way older when you take that Kangol off. Oh my god, I was I had to take a double tick when I saw him. I was like, that can't be George yeah, Wallace. That's him. I like. Uh, I'm still like I'm a big fan of Kevin James mullet uh, slash beard situation. When my beard gets like that, I'm gonna do that for Halloween. The, the best part, and when you do that, I think one of my favorite parts of this movie is when he gets the Hershey Kiss wrapper stuck in his beard <laughs> yeah. and doesn't realize it. Yeah. That's just 
that's just I'm gold just to me. Staple, uh, or not staple. I'm a like scrunchy uh, kiss to my uh, beard. Yeah, you I did kind of like that. That Hubie asked for a Hershey kiss, and he said, no, "I've only got like 15 left." It was 60. He only had 60 left. <laughs> I only have 60 so left. Zero. Like, what? What's that wrong was with pretty you, decent. <laughs> okay, so I'll give it one and a half laughs. There you go. There you got one and a half, but how many times? You guys are all right. Jeff, guys are turning me many, over into a huge fan. How many times did you feel good though? Did I feel good during? How many the times film? did you feel good watching the film? Also, did you watch it with anybody? Yes, my roommate left after 30 minutes. Your is your roommate like a similar aged man as you? Yes. Oh well, yeah. Then yeah, no, because y'all wanted to watch somebody shoot somebody and stuff like no, 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 man, you did not put yourself in the right circumstances to watch the Hubie movie. Listen, I took a lot of bong hits. Okay, that's like, not I, the right I really scene, but you was smoking weed too, so that means you was being a bad kid and you wasn't ready to watch this movie for good kids. Is the problem? You need to sit with some good oh, kids no, and man. watch this movie. I, I I think I disagree with both of you. Jeff, no, Jeff, you didn't tell me you did drugs while while watching this movie. Right, you changes not... everything. Can we cut this part? I'm sorry. Okay. No, like, no, we no. have to cut this. We're gonna before the next. What episode... if my mom, who already knows I smoke weed, finds out I smoke weed? No, I'm no. Saying, before bro. the next episode, you need to <laughs> you need to watch this without impairment yeah okay but that's like torturous if you, if you have like a niece or a young cousin or somebody who hasn't seen it yet try to get them to watch it too so that you can see the joy in their face while you watch it it changes the perspective i don't know guys watching it again yeah i'm just saying i've you, watched it one and a half times half already. of your perspective was off when you sat down with another grown man to watch the hubie halloween movie is what I'm saying, and if you did, was it, I to tell my roommate he can't sit in the room and watch a movie with me? I would a thousand percent be like, "Yeah, you got to go somewhere else, bro. I'm not about to sit and watch this, <laughs> watch this children's film with you. That's like sitting and watching fight. You know what though? I did go to the movies with my homeboy to see the Finding Nemo sequel, and it felt weird the whole time. Really? Yeah, and everybody yeah. in the theater was grown. It felt gross. I took a grown human to go see. Holmes and Watson with me. That's that movie is rated R. Yeah. And that was that was the most uncomfortable I've ever been. I guess for I person. guess the, the shitty part is you wasted money seeing that movie, but I I laughed more at that person's reaction. Big reveal it was Gary. <laughs> I made Gary. I made Gary go see that movie with that movie me because I was so sick. bad. I was watching that <laughs> movie so like, awful. yo, how can they even make a bad movie? And then I put that movie on. Dude, and I was like, damn, y'all figured it now, out. Now imagine Gary every like three minutes in the film looking at me like, I'm going to kill you. That yeah. movie, I'm going to kill you. Because that no. movie's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of long too. For how trash it is, it's kind of a long movie too. I woke up the next day sore just from Whoa. laughing at Gary's reaction. Yeah, that no. movie that movie makes Semi-Pro look like Step Brothers. Semi? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! What are we talking about? We real, like, real, real. We don't like semi-pro. No, I don't like semi-pro. You semi-pro is like my least favorite. Se- That's my like least Hubie, but you don't like semi-pro. That's my least favorite uh, uh, film of Will Ferrell's. That's your least favorite Will Ferrell movie. That's the basketball one. Kicking, yes, kicking semi-pro. and screaming exists. I think I stopped. With I have him a soft spot the ice for, skater. No, no, one. I have a soft spot for Robert Duvall. And I think Robert Duvall and Kicking and Screaming. Kicking, you like, yo, all right, perspectives are fully changed here. You don't like (laughs) semi-pro? I think he's going to kick us off this podcast I think we just got kicked off our own Huey Halloween podcast. Andre 3000, Woody Harrelson, D. Ray Davis, Rob Corddry. (laughs) Come on now. Invent- You're gonna make me go back and watch this movie, right? He invented right? the alley oop, bro. Love me. I think we have to watch it now. Love me sexy right. is a hit song that I listen to not when I'm watching that movie only. Wow. Love me sexy. That shit is so hard. Love me sexy. I'm gonna do a little thing to you. That song is a Yo, banger, bro. Gary, when you when you decide to like make a theme song for this podcast, I think it should just be. 
Michael Christmas singing that song. I'm down. As is the intro. <laughs> take you it. might have to this take whole thing. it, bro. And us laughing in the background. <laughs> Let me tell you something, though. I'm sorry for getting so off topic, but y'all are going to no, have no, no. another podcast about semi-pro after you watch it again. But uh, Michael, I make a promise to you today. I will go back and rewatch semi-pro. It's Gary, been, we got to watch it together. We'll watch it together. Jeff and I watch via, it together. Via Skype or whatever. Team what, what do the kids use now? Zoom, bro. That's what are we on Zoom. right now? Zooming. Oh, yeah. I hey, I don't know the names of any of them. People just send me links. Well, you just gotta look right at the screen. It's right there. <laughs> no, 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 I don't have time for all that shit. We're 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 doing a podcast. I don't have time to look at the screen, man. Well, I've rolled I've rolled up twice since we got on here. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on oh, that man. note, Michael, I want to thank you so much for uh, for doing this with us. This is a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, when y'all want to get it going again. I'm not doing nothing. I'm down. All right. For our closing segment, Ask a Lady, I'd like to introduce our final guest, Reagan Hoffman, here to offer a woman's perspective, something that never occurs in any Adam Sandler movie. She's a food and drinks writer based in New York City, contemporary art expert, and she's also my long-suffering wife. Please welcome her to the show. Reagan, how are you? Hi, uh, I'm, I'm well, thanks. Um, so the, the burning question is, what did you think of Hubie Halloween? Well, I would love to answer that question, but I didn't watch Hubie Halloween because you didn't tell me you were doing this until last night. Okay, but like there's, there's time to do it from like last night when like exactly there's a day like, yeah, yeah. uh-huh uh-huh a whole day so you know when i was working my full-time job and yeah, taking I, care of our child and yeah well yeah making dinner and doing all that stuff definitely yeah, time I to mean, sit they, down and watch a two-hour adam sandler movie yeah well you know they they, they, they there's the netflix app on the phone and you can just kind of prop it up there while you're doing dishes or making a lovely dinner for the family like there's there's ways in which you could have you could have experienced this we could have had something to talk about what you hotel know? are you coming from <laughs> i'm at my mother's house <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know no you're right you're right you're right it's, it's uh my dedication to the cause is clearly the issue here no one needs to know where you are right now it's for the best that we just leave it that way so uh, we can work around this, though. I think I think between me and Jeff, we can we can really still get the benefit. I have a question. I'd like to ask a, a lady a question, please. Hello, please. lady. Hello, Jeff. Uh, so, what's the market? Do you think out there for a guy who's seen Hubie Halloween one and a half times for a single man? <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Um, mm. I, I'm going to start. I'm going to ask you a few follow up questions. But I'm going to start with saying it's not good. But, right. But what right. I want to know before I really can give a perspective on this is, is why one and a half times? What, what happened during I that mean, second would you, watch? Do you want to watch it twice? Well, well no, but I didn't watch okay. it once. So. The, the first time uh, I tried to watch it with another person because I find that things that are supposed to be comedies are funnier when you can laugh with people. But they quit. I don't know, like 45 minutes into the film, they just like walked out of the room. And when I said, do you want me to pause it? They said, no, don't pause it. Please turn it off, please. They begged me. And then we, we watched a, a horror movie. Uh, so then I woke up the next day because I had to be on this show because Gary roped me into this nonsense. And I watched the whole thing again. Well, that's reasonable. I have to say the, the person who walked out halfway through, I think they're a great prospect. I'm not sure who this is, what your relationship is, but they sound like a real catch. So Gary's ruined me. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's done that to us all. Right. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, thank you for your time, lady. I, I do, even though you haven't seen this film, I think that still one of the tropes that comes up in this film is that Adam Sandler's character, Hubie Dubie, uh, Dubois, has, uh, a, he talks about having a Canadian girlfriend. And, um, 
since you being a Canadian, I thought it'd be worthwhile. And growing up in Vancouver, did, did you guys have like an equivalent to this sort of like Canadian girlfriend bit? Like this whole idea, oh, I've got a, a boyfriend down in Seattle. Is there a, an equivalent like that? Or was it just uh, something unique to us Yanks? Yeah, no, we all had a uh, girlfriend back up in Moose Jaw. That's, that's our equivalent. No, and is Moose, that- is that Moose Jaw? Moose Jaw is in uh, Northern Alberta. Oh. Yeah. So kind of course, of course. Yeah, the middle of nowhere, essentially. But you know, most mm. of Canada is. Really, Canadian girlfriend is a trope in this movie? Yeah, he uh yeah. He, he he says there is a love interest bit with this, with, with Julie Bowen uh playing the character Violet Valentine. Again, if you had taken a moment to watch this movie, you'd understand what we're talking about. But the um the Canadian girlfriend is kind of he relies on this thing. Oh, I have a girlfriend, she lives up in Canada. Um and uh, he says that quite a bit before he actually finally does connect with his love interest. Uh, so I, it's something that feels like a callback. Obviously, it's a callback to like John Hughes movies. And uh, it's I think it is definitely paying some sort of cinematic tribute. But I was curious, you know, as someone who uh, is from Canada but hasn't seen this movie, whether or not there was any sort of equivalent. Do you think Adam Sandler movies spend a lot of time paying homage to the greats and, and calling back to, you know, cinematic triumphs of yesteryear? This just sounds like lazy bullshit to me. I mean, we, we worked, we have talked about Mammoth a bit on the podcast. Um, we, we, whoa, ease back up the pedal a little bit there, bud. I have not compared this movie to anything other than other Adam Sandler pieces of shit. Jeff, this segment is called Ask a Lady. I just wanted to clarify to the lady that that's not what's been happening. Mansplain. I, I want to say, Jeff, your prospects are going back up. You're sounding a little yeah, bit better see, right this, now. This, uh, my stock is rising here, Gary. I think if you clarify that you've seen Hubie Halloween one and a half times, but you thought it was a piece of shit and you were forced to do it by your friend, former friend, whatever the case may be at the end of this. Mm. I think I yeah, think you might warmer. you whoa, might stand whoa. a chance. You might do all well, right. Look, I, I think we'll have plenty of opportunities to explore Jeff's romantic prospects every week on Pumpkins, a Hubie Halloween podcast. <laughs> it's called oh. pumpkin <laughs> this show is fucking garbage i love it oh my god oh, that's great what are we doing with our lives oh